Welcome back. This is We Need to Talk. And today, we're going to talk more about virtual reality. Are we in the Matrix? Are we the Matrix? Who is the Matrix? Are I the We Need to Talk. Because I've thought about this a little bit. Okay, maybe this just reflects me. But like, if I was in a situation where, let's say, hmm, I'm trying to come up with a like, really good scenario here that makes me not look terrible. But let's say there's some scenario where like uh, one person has to be killed to save like a hundred other people, like you know, kill that person, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not an easy choice to make, but there's a sort of utilitarian sort of thing there. They can get in like mm -hmm. all the details of that, but I think high level that makes sense. Okay, and, so the trolley, the trolley thing. Yeah, the trolley thing. But you know, there's like other instances where tough choices have to be made, or let's say we're in like a zombie sort of scenario, right? And they're, they're zombies outside. They can't get into my house. I got a couple of people in my house. And then there's people, new people trying to get in. And I only have food for so much you know, time. I don't know if these people are going to be infected. Uh, I don't know who they are or anything like that. Like, I'm not going to let these people in. Now, that's very heartless and very cold, but it's a kind of rational calculation. Now, that choice in the game would be much easier to make. In reality, I think I'd make the same choice, though. I'm, I'm trying to think of like an evil thing I would do I don't think that's evil. I just think it's a bad perspective. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I, I, I personally believe that you're stronger the larger your numbers. And especially with zombies, the whole thing about zombies is that they themselves are not strong, fast, mm -hmm. smart. They're just a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So the more living you have to go against the un insurmountable amount of dead, the stronger you're going to be. Maybe we don't have food to last X amount of time, but uh, you're for, you know, 10 people, you only have it for five, but how long are you going to be able to stay in that house anyway? Not indefinitely. Eventually you're going to have to leave and you'd be stronger leaving with 10 than leaving with five, even if it's in a shorter period of time. Yeah. My, I think you're stronger together. My, my thought is the moment we start running low on food is mm -hmm. the moment where the people I just let in decide to kill us all because they, they are holding their survival over mine possibly or possibly uh, it depends on leadership mm -hmm. it depends it depends if they buy into the leadership and everybody works together or if it ends up being two parties because then it's like the walking dead where the living are more dangerous than the dead uh because they are smart and and cunning and willing to to perverse rules of society mm -hmm. uh, that does lead me to two kind of thoughts here one thought is that in a virtual reality, you could incentivize good behavior. And one way of doing that would be disallowing bad behavior on sort of like a, like a programmatic level. Like, in my opinion, a lot of the bad behavior or kind of evil actions we see in reality are a consequence of reality being an open-ended system. Or it's constrained or it's hard to constrain, say, bad actors. That there's ways to do it, but if there's an incentive to act badly, then people are more likely to do it. Uh, an instance I can think of here is like theft. Like the easier it is to steal something and get away with it, the more likely people are to do it. If you kind of create certain products or certain things which are hard to steal, then the incentives for stealing that thing goes down, and then people don't really steal that thing as much. Like if you have like a uh, let's, let's say a phone, and th this is actually a thing to do with phones. So you take a phone, and if you have systems in this phone such that when the phone's stolen, you can kind of brick the phone remotely, 
someone who stole this phone, yeah, they can make get it for parts, but if the thing is bricked and you can't use it for anything, people are less likely to steal the phone. So you can kind of create incentives for good behavior. And in a way, virtual reality could create those good incentives to kind of create a better society or more moral, cohesive society. I, I think then it's there's no morality at all. Oh. If you take away the choice of morality, then morality isn't a thing at all. If you can't do bad things, then how mm. can how can good actions be moral? See, my, my first thought to that, I don't know if this is, makes sense, but aren't laws in a way taking away the sense of morality, if that's no. the case? Because no, not at all, because you still have the free will to make the choice. Mm-hmm. So, so a law that is, that is purely like a law of nature is taking away the sense of morality. I don't understand the question. Sorry. I, let me rephrase that. So a law that is not imposed or it's imposed on such a level that it's impossible to not follow that law takes it out of the moral context, which, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, because if you can't act otherwise, then it's not good or bad. It's just what is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, is it amoral if you're, um, if you have a gun to your head and you're told to to kill a cat? Like, is it amoral to kill that cat? I mean, yes and no. Like, do you really have a choice? Mm-hmm. Technically, you do. So technically, there is a a moral judgment to be made there. But is it as moral as immoral as when you have a complete choice when there's nothing coercing you one way or the other? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I suppose that does give a natural, interesting distinction there between, say, morality and utilitarianism, where you can have something which is like, like I say, a virtual system that had enforced morality. I would say enforce non-morality. Let's put it that way. Like that system would not be moral or immoral, but it could have greater utility to that society. Yeah. I, I don't like the idea of taking away free will using virtual reality. I still, I don't want people to, to kill each other, but I still want them to have the option to, hmm. <laughs> which is super weird and shitty, but uh, I don't know that I fully sussed out why I feel that way, but that's what came out. So, yeah, that, well, that that's something to think about though, because I'm gonna have to think about that too. Because to me, that doesn't strike me as correct or valid. But it, I don't know, because because it seems to like undercut the pinnings. It seems to undercut the pinnings of like wanting a moral system or mor- morality, or rather, saying you want a moral system because people choose to be moral, not because they are moral. Yes. Hmm. That's kind of hard to say. I I don't know that anybody is in and of themselves like perfectly moral. I think that everything comes down to the choices that you make and every choice that like every choice that you've made does not matter as much as the next choice you make because that's what drives you going forward versus looking back. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So I'm gonna have to think on that a little bit, but what's like the opposite side of that? Yeah. Uh, and th- does do bad actions in the virtual reality space are they equivalent or can they be equivalent to bad actions in the reality space? It depends on the effect that it has on other people. Mm-hmm. If you're the only one in that reality, then it has no consequence. Uh, assuming that the 
action you take doesn't in turn uh, end up affecting you in the real reality. So, you know, you're, you get used to making shitty decisions in virtual reality. And then when you come back to real reality, you make those same shitty decisions because now you're conditioned to do so. Then yeah, that's, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But if they're one-offs, if you only go into virtual reality to play GTA and you know, you, you do bad things in GTA, but then in real life, you're like, just, it doesn't change anything from you and it doesn't affect anybody else, then I don't see any issue with that. Let's take a weird example here. So let's say that there's a crazy sort of GTA uh, virtual reality game, and you're able to, say, murder, but let's say you're able to, like, say, uh, rape, you know, people. Mm -hmm. But these are virtual people. Is that, like, like for, for me, it's, can't be immoral, but it, it kind of hits me in a weird way where, where I don't know, like a person who does that goes out of way to do that is a little bit sus, but I don't know if they're acting immorally. I mean, yeah, that's fucked, dude. <laughs> yeah. But not there's act- no, there's no way I can not think that's fucked up. It, like it's really fucked up. But I can't say that they should be jailed or anything because they're not affecting a person. But then you can kind of take the level above that where we have some sort of virtual multiplayer space where there's real people on the other side of these avatars and if some sort of interaction like that happens. Like say, I don't know, well, let's say there's no no exit strategy, like you're kind of trapped in it for whatever reason. I don't know. Like you can get out, but at certain times, I'm not sure how that would work. But if you start like say torturing somebody and that person can feel the pain or if you kind of uh, sexually assault them or these do these different things here, like could that person be held to account for those actions in reality? Uh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I want to take the legal aspect out of it if we can avoid that, because I think that that equating, we've had this argument a couple of times now equating legality to morality. I disagree with you think it's a, it's at least a way to, to try and like create some sort of like, way to explain it but it's a shorthand i i want to take that out because then i can say like well it depends what the court systems decide and then there would have to be rulings and there would have to be judges involved and like that becomes like a whole thing where we could get it wrong they could they -hmm. could morally like on a on a just level get it wrong in the court systems Mm -hmm. um versus like if we're just talking about how we personally feel the morality is i think yeah that they in in the in the face of, of of god if you will yeah they should they'll be held accountable for causing for torturing another human being mm-hmm. hmm. is the is it because they're experiencing the same sort of sensations or same sort of experience that they would in the real life like they're kind of equivalent is that what the say transference is from the virtual reality to the real world I mean that would be the the easiest the easiest stance to take, yeah. Where when you said that they they end up feeling it, like yeah, that's you might as well just be doing it to them in the real world. Like there's really no difference hmm. realistically if they're still feeling it. If it's if it's still happening, it's just not happening to like they don't walk away with a broken finger, but they feel like they had a broken finger. I I don't see any reason why those would be would be any different. Yeah, I think that's kind of consistent with the idea that at least that we can be kind of talking about is that like 
your brain is essentially like a construction of reality. Like there's a real reality out there, but it's your inner world that matters to you. And if that inner world is a modified in that sort of way, even if it's like not connected to a real reality out there, it's still your reality. And if that reality is say affected, then that is harm to you. Like you said, mm-hmm. like if you get your arm broken versus reality and you feel the real pain as if it happened in, in real reality, then obviously that is an issue because it's, it's the same effect being done. And we're talking about the person's perception. Well, I mean, it's, it's happening in their brain. Like just because you can't see damage doesn't mean that damage didn't happen. You know, like mm-hmm. you could have internal bleeding if you want to take a physical stance or you could have like mental damage from being tortured. Like that's, those are very, very real things. You could end up with PTSD and just because you can't physically see uh, the, that like a mental, a mental damage doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist. So if you break somebody's finger and they're feeling that pain in their brain, that's, I think that's just as real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's imposed from the outside. Uh, and there's some sort of thing which is traceable to the, the cause of it. Uh, that it has moral agency in itself. Uh, I'll only bring that up because like you could go down the route of like, uh, well, if they make up something in their head or they have some sort of hallucination or a bad dream and you and that dream did something bad to them, should you be held morally accountable because their re- internal reality is saying no, that? No, because that's not an action that you purposefully took. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It, it's, it's internally generated as opposed to being imposed upon by the outside world or by you in the outside world or whoever the perpetrator was. Mm-hmm. Uh, sidebar, Travis says, yeah, that's wrong, big time. I think Travis is referring to uh, the whole thing about like say committing heinous acts in virtual reality against, it's, it's, mm. I think AI is when you brought it up, but also probably real people too, if it's yeah. like some sort of uh, know, virtual rape or virtual murder. Yeah. I mean, and that, that kind of comes back to the, the Detroit become human thing of like, at what point is committing heinous acts against AI, does that become an immoral thing? Um, and at what point, at what, uh, at what like morally bankrupt level do you need to go before like you cross that line? Like clearly murder is wrong in, in, you know, the, the standard moral principles, but murdering a bunch of AI isn't wrong but obviously we feel like rape is very wrong like even raping an ai would be fucked up so like at what point does is there that line that's i have no idea and that's really weird to to think that like murder is okay but but other other actions wouldn't be yeah i i don't think it makes sense i don't think it's logical i i i, I think i don't know it, yeah it's not very logical hmm I think maybe it's the time spent. Ah, see, this is, this is confusing for me because killing people in a game is not that bad. But if you were to like torture them, and it's like a torture game where you just like spent time taking their fingernails off and stuff. If someone played that, I'd be really kind of disturbed. Mm. Like, well, I mean, that was the whole issue with people had with like Manhunt, right? When that first came out, because you were like garroting people, you were suffocating with plastic bags. It was mm. like at the time that was unheard of and that was fucked up and now you watch somebody play it and you're like this isn't even bad this is just like Mm. this is base level shit compared to some of the stuff we've seen Mm -hmm. but i agree like torture and and things of that nature are really 
like next level as far as even if it's an AI, it's like just very uncomfortable and there has to be some sort of moral. I, Cause I, I think, it, I think it kind of comes down to like the being unable to, to make those evil choices when you're, you're faced with moral dilemmas, like actively choosing to do something that is like that fucked up and wrong is like, it says something morally um beyond just this is a video game this is what you do like then don't fucking play that video game because that's fucked up like you're in some way living out does that mean you're in some way living out a, a fantasy or like uh, a, a deep latent desire if you're choosing to play a game where you're doing something to that level of being fucked up hmm. yeah yeah and we definitely need to put a trigger warning on this in the description of this episode so we talked about some pretty fucked up shit, so. Yeah, well, I, I do think it's an important consideration, though, uh, for a way, say, the future of where we're going. It's better mm -hmm. to have a moral foundation laid right now than it is to make that foundation later. Because I think that's a big problem with the internet is people, I mean, some people saw what the internet would become. Some people realized it's, it's, uh, its potential. But most people didn't. And so the consequence of that is we're figuring out a lot of these moral dilemmas and moral quandaries and situations now in the moment as opposed to having, say, explored that to territory beforehand. Because if we had kind of thought about this and kind of had a public discussion, and I'm not saying like a public discussion in any sort of sense of like, you know, let's have a town hall. I mean, just like if there was talk about this or discussion in like art and media before we actually had this technology proliferate throughout the whole world, then maybe we'd be a bit more quick to handle it because it's a lot easier to discuss and determine a solution for us for some problem when like before that problem actually happens like if you're gonna have a fight with say your spouse or your friend or anything like that if you kind of think about the fight or the things that could happen in that fight ahead of time like you're more likely to have a productive discussion and be able to handle that but if you're just kind of at the edge of your seat and this just happens your ability to actually handle that stimuli and that thing that's, you know, interact with that, it's, it's very, very, like, limited. And, like, you're stuck in the moment just thinking about what's right now as opposed to the bigger picture kind of uninfiltrated by the current situation. I think that's kind of the story of mankind in general, though, is we get in over our head and then try and fucking figure it out while we're in the middle of the water, how mm -hmm. we're going to get out of the water. Uh, when we just came from land with all this wood, we could have built a boat. Nope. Now we got to figure out how to, how to swim in, in the middle of the ocean. Um, and that's, you know, that's where, that's where our, our ingenuity and our, I, I, that's where I think morality needs to come in to play the most is in moments like this. Um, but will, will virtual reality be better, uh, is a very interesting question. Cause I think that there's a lot of. A lot of ways that it could be a lot of ways that it could be an improvement um but i don't know that it can improve on like the the complexity of real life where you can literally do anything at any time and then that will trickle down to to everything else in in existence in some way even if it's in an impossibly small way um i think that that size uh, i think that that is is something that won't be able to be matched by virtual reality um and i don't know that we would even even want it to 
uh, be matched the same. I think the whole point of virtual reality will be to create something different than our current reality as it stands right now. Um, and that in and of itself should be good. Um, but I don't know that anything can be better than just the normal, like this is the reality we live in. This is, is life. Hmm. I see. I, I still am optimistic, more optimistic that it could be something better, but I don't know for certain because it's kind of like the story of humanity. Like, how are things going to go? Well, it depends on what we do, right? We could make something great. We could make something bad. It's not like there's some sort of preset tra trajectory that things offer. It's more like we make what that thing is. Like, how, how is this house going to look? Well, it depends on how we build it, right? And I think it could be built in a way that is destructive. I think it could be built in a way which is complementary, or I think it could be built in a way where maybe it's perhaps better. But what it's going to be is going to depend on us. And I think there could be some better betterings of, say, sorts of things. But I also think that there is always going to be that, say, is that appeal to actual real reality. And I think it's important not to like discount that because, you know, in my thinking that maybe there, you can get just as much, if not more from a virtual space, if that space was complex enough and kind of engineered well enough. Still, I think there's always going to be that appeal to like a real sort of real sense of reality because that's kind of what we're made for. And so I, I think it's complex is where I'm coming from. I think it's complex and I think it depends on how it's actually done, how, how the meat is made. Mm. I I think we should be improving on real reality uh, before trying to make a better virtual reality, uh, and that's kind of the, you know how how are we going to build this? How are we going to going to make this going forward? I think is should continue to be the story of of mankind, um, rather than trying to to find a new, rather than trying to build a brand new house. Like let's work on the one that work on the one that we have and. And continue to, like, whatever's happened, there's been a lot of shitty stuff that's happened, but there's also been a lot of really fucking amazing stuff that's happened. And we should try and continue forward and make good choices in the future uh, versus trying to just completely start over. See, my disagreement with that would be, and again, this comes back to a little contention here, with you could create a virtual reality where it avoids the logistical issues of doing good in this reality. Of course, that does kind of maybe obfuscate like the real sense of say moral goodness. Maybe morality is now not sort of such a thing because we're taking these moral choices that were there and getting rid of them or we're incentivizing good behavior to such an extent that now people are just acting good because the structures around them kind of cause them to. Right, and maybe they could still act bad in some ways, but I, I think there's a lot of things that could be overcome with, say, human nature, or not overcome, but they could be, they could be played with in such an extent that they become negligible, that could improve society, and then that could create a more kind of cohesive, kind of uh, better sort of society where less bad things happen. Now, if that does take out a moral sort of impetus if it takes some sort of a virtue that was there and you know puts it out that could be an issue and something to think about but i think that working on the current reality could be 
in effect, creating our virtual reality if it's done in a certain way. So I, I'm going to disagree with you a bit is what I'm saying there. Okay. I need your libertarian card back because you want to take away people's choice. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me get it for you. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't like the idea of taking away people's option to do shitty things. Um, I think it's still, it still needs to be there even if I don't agree with it. Like that's, that's the whole point of life and the battle of, of good and evil needs to be there. Otherwise, like it's not, like I just, I don't see the point otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's something about that being able to make decisions and still not that holds more value than just making the good decision by itself. And if you're taking away that value, then you're not, then there's no value in the choices and life is choices. If you take away the choices, the the value of choices, you're taking away the value of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Hmm. Like, do I want to eat carrots or broccoli today? Like those, that's not really a choice. Like it is, but it's not, you know, it's like yeah. versus literally eating anything in the world. Mm-hmm. A, a book that this kind of reminds me of is uh, Brave New World by mm-hmm. Aldous Huxley. And it's kind of a different sort of thing because it's more like, it, it's not a virtual reality world in the, in the book. I'm not going to ruin anything about it, but essentially there's some sort of a dystopian paradise might be the way to put it. And the people in it are very subjugated by different drugs or mechanisms like essentially the whole population is pacified and if if i recall correctly like nothing in the book is like evil like evil like it's not like people throwing mustaches or anything like that it's just the society that they're in but if you take it from the point of view of like say most people who read it the society is very evil because the society is kind of taking out that choice it's kind of taking out that morality it's kind of just imposing how people should behave or how this kind of group wants people to behave and it's kind of imposing that onto them. And most people see that as being dystopian. I think the author kind of saw it as more utopian. Uh, when I read it, I didn't get such a dystopian vibe. I just thought this was like a different sort of system for society. And it's more ordered and maybe thought out. But, you know, I can see the dystopian aspect in that and why people would perceive that. So I, I think it's called for a lot of thought, a lot more thought here. Yeah, I mean, it... I don't want somebody is going to have to in in this instance program this world right and someone's going to have to be the the executive producer where they make all the final decisions on what is and isn't moral mm-hmm. and even if that's me and it's my perfect version of what is and isn't moral I'm not infallible and my more my value valuation of what is and isn't moral right now might not be really what is and isn't moral so like those should not be decisions that man is making a spe- for anybody other than themselves um and for me to push my version of morality onto everybody else is not fair mm-hmm. uh, which i struggle with on a on a daily basis when i'm in the in the world and i see people making decisions that i don't agree with but i need to swallow that like uh, disagreement and understand that like they're living their life and trying to to make decisions based off of the limited information that they have and do what they feel is is the right thing to do or the best thing to do for their situation and it's not an easy thing to do 
but it's important that I'm able to do that. And I think being able to make decisions outside of what I personally think is morally right is your right and should remain that way. I don't want any one person, even myself, to push more their version of morality on the rest of the world. See, it's so confusing, though, for me just to, like, interpret because I, I, like, I see where you're coming and I'm not, like, disagreeing, but, like, on a logical level, and maybe that's the issue of being too logical about this because logic often doesn't capture the nuance of, like, the ideas you're communicating. But it's kind of like you want, like, a consistent universal morality, but you don't want that morality to be determined to be deterministic i don't want a consistent morality i i have accepted the fact that there is going to be what i deem moral things and immoral things and everyone's going to make different decisions and people are going to make decisions that are immoral including myself against my own morality and my job is not to police the rest of the world, but rather to try and uphold my own version of my of reality of my own morality, um, and not push that on on other people, um, and to to a degree try and uphold their version of morality to them. So if somebody doesn't want something to happen to them, then to stand up for that person's right to. Um, make that decision about themselves to have their own autonomy. I want everyone to have the freedom to make their own decision in that, even if it disagrees with my decision in what is or isn't moral. Hmm. I don't want there to be a universal, here's what's moral and here's what's not. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing of life is we don't, we don't, there isn't that specific, here's what it is or isn't. It's something that we have to, we have to feel and decide and make decisions on. See, I'm going to disagree. Maybe this is a cheap shot here, but the way I disagree is like, I, I, I agree in like, I agree in like the broader senses here of certain actions. Like theft may not always be bad, right? Because if someone's not in a circumstance where they can, you know, survive, then maybe theft for them is the right choice. Like if you're about to, you know, die in the middle of a desert and this person who doesn't want to give you some water, maybe stealing some of the water is the best choice for you. And I wouldn't judge someone morally for that. But there's certain actions that I think are a bit above and beyond. Like that's like they can't be justified from say a point of view. At least like, I can't justify them. And those would be say murder and not killing because I, th I think killing is okay in, in certain circumstances if you're defending yourself or if you n need to do it for some reason. Then, then there could be a justification there. But if murder just for like no reason you just kill somebody. I don't think that has much justification to it. And the other thing would be sexual assault. Like, I don't think there's justification for that. You can go to like some sort of evolutionary sort of context with that, whereas like most of the animal kingdom, you know, works off say uh, forced sex. But I don't think that maps on the human reality very well. And so I, I, I can't see those actions like not being like, like I don't think it's I want that morality to be forced on other people. I don't want people behaving in those ways. So I, I think I agree in the, the kind of greater picture of morality, but I think there's two instances like those two issues where I want those to be universal and applied across the board and for all people to be judged according to my standard. I disagree with you uh, because I, I disagree, but also agree because that, that still falls in line with what I'm saying because I want to, to, 
be able to stand up for people who's ha- who are having that freedom of um, moral choice being uh, being taken advantage of or uh, disregarded. Like if I don't want to be murdered and someone's trying to murder me, that's a, a bad immoral thing because you're compl- you're like trying to to take away. Um, and it comes down to consent, right? And that being really the big, the big thing when it comes to morality. If somebody wants to be murdered, um, like with you know doctor assisted suicide, like I think that they should have the right to make that decision, and that person should be able to murder them um, in that specific situation. I think there are situations where things that would come across as you know murder. It are okay um now a force sex that's a completely different fish um unless it's a, a role play thing where both sides are consenting that's will always just be a direct uh violation of consent and that's just fucked up um and i think that goes across the board with with any of the the violations of consent because you're infringing upon their freedom to to live their life life liberty the pursuit of happiness uh, so it, uh, that's, that's where I, I disagree that I think that that should be applied across the board while also agreeing because realistically, you know, 99.9% of people are going to fall within that being within their consent wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think we're pretty much in agreement there. I'd say more I, or I th- less. <laughs> I think we just package it much differently. Yes. is the way to put it. Cause yeah. I, I'd see that as like a high order moral like principle that c- consent is kind of like the ultimate which i would agree like mm-hmm. it, for like for, for the most part like um because that's kind of what determines the difference between uh i guess there's like preconceived consent but that that's the difference between say cutting in somebody because you know you're a crazed murderer and cutting into somebody because you're performing surgery on them in, mm-hmm. in one instance the person wants to be saved, so they're letting you cut into them. In the other instance, the person does not want to be cut open because you're you're, you're freaking keep creepy. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, it, intent intent plays a big role there too. Yeah, if you can assume that someone would prefer you to be cutting into them because of some like beforehand, like if like being pushed is not fun, right? But let's say you push me and you push me out of the way of a car, and I didn't realize that car was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably prefer that you have pushed me, right? If like maybe in the moment I'm, I think it's assault, but after the fact I realize it's not assault. Then of course, I think that changes the moral lens and we have to have like, like a reasonable kind of conception of that. If it ends up that, I don't know, I push somebody out of the way of a car and it's if they're trying to commit suicide and then they sue me because I assaulted them. I mean, th- th- this person could just commit suicide anyway, right? There's nothing stopping them. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay. I'm getting off on a tangent here, but uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I think we've pretty much covered most of the subject. I think there's some some things I need to think about, mm-hmm. and this might be something to talk about with like a, a guest to see what their perception is. Because I think I have my very very like I wouldn't say narrow view, but my own personal like view of it. And then mm-hmm. you have your own view, but there's so many different perspectives on this one subject that I don't think it's possible just to capture the whole breadth of the field with just two people. And what's really cool about like we're streaming right now about being able to do this show with while streaming is that we can have interaction live. So maybe, 
you know, Travis or Chris can't be in studio with us right now, but they can still like play a role in helping direct the conversation, giving their opinions. So people who are following, following us on facebook.com slash we need to talk show can see when we go live and can join in on the conversation uh, and then uh, immortalize themselves the same way that I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Peter, I don't know if you know, but I have actually have a statue over there of your head. Uh-huh. It's 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 pretty sexy, but the only thing that kind of like lessens it though is this was you with the full beard, and mm-hmm. now that your beard's gone, you've kind of lost your power. And that statue doesn't give me the same satisfaction it used what to. Do you mean my beard's gone? It's right here. I just got it trimmed. I just got a new haircut. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not even close to its previous power. Well, maybe someday. I mean, I'll be doing extra life again this year uh, in November, so I'll start growing my beard throughout the. I'm definitely all of October. I won't cut it, uh, since that's hunting anyway. Um, but maybe even the month before that, I'll grow, grow it back out and we'll see if we can shave it off again this year. I think you should take an alternative kind of route where you should like grow out something else, like your fingernails and no, you should pledge to cut them. Like if there's enough donations, I pledge to cut them as soon as they get long. <laughs> Toenails, maybe. That's, that's my pledge to you all. <laughs> I'm going to grow my fingernails out for a year. <laughs> Nate, we need to.